0: The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Homey Young II. Here. Councilmember Gabriela Santiago Romero.
1: Member Santiago Romero has informed us uh, that she will not be here for today's committee uh, committee meeting. If the clerk uh, shall note,
2: clerk clerk shall note, you have a quorum present.
1: Thank you, Madam Clerk. Next, we will move to approval of the minutes. Members have been provided the minutes from last meeting in advance. Do I have a motion to approve the minutes? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Uh, just to let members of the public know as well, uh, as members of the committee, we will be moving very quickly. Uh, as you know, we are in budget season, uh, and we have a budget hearing scheduled at 2 PM. So we will move very swiftly, uh, meaning that we will limit, uh, we will limit a lot of questions and responses to some of these items. Uh, and, uh, normally we take two minutes for public comment. However, today. Uh, we will probably be just be taking one minute for public comment. We normally don't do that uh, in this committee. I like to afford time. Uh, However, again, we have a 2 p.m. budget uh, hearing with the entire uh, body. So uh, with that, uh, we will now move into public comment. If you'd like to participate in public comment, if you are here in the audience, please uh, let us know now uh, and let Mr. Payne know. Uh, We will... Uh, bring folks up for public comment. If you are joining us via Zoom or online, uh, please indicate so now by raising your hand if you choose to participate in public comment. Uh, We will close public comment very shortly. Uh, Again, if you would like to participate, you're joining us via Zoom, please indicate now by raising your hand. We will go to members of the audience that we have here with us today. Uh, First, we will call up uh, Mr. Uh, Carmack, I believe, uh, followed by... Uh, Mr. Crowley Uh, you have one minute for public comment. Uh, I ask that you state your name for the record and then proceed You can uh, please uh, Please give those to mr. Payne and he will distribute those to members of the committee
3: My name is Robert Carmack good afternoon Hey, I got these two emails back in uh, 2018 from Lawrence Garcia. This is where he was trying to settle my lawsuits and so forth. And he was doing an investigation. And I told him that I would uh, take $25 million, five marijuana license, 30 acres at the state fairgrounds, and repair all the collision cars for the city. After that, I gave that offer. Two months later, he charged me with a crime. He offered me $7 million a week before I got charged with the crime. I just want to show you that uh, he was negotiating with me. He was trying to work with me. And then after I put a billboard out of the mayor driving up to Wixom, he charged me. That's all I got to say. You can look at the documents to speak for themselves. That is Lawrence Garcia, and that was in September 30th, 2018. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carmack.
1: Next speaker, please join us at the microphone. Please state your name for the record. You have one minute for public comment, and please
4: proceed. Uh, Let the record reflect. I'm appearing as black Jesus today. Uh, My name is Ruben James Crowley, Jr., and um, Crafty Conrad and Crafty Mike are going to have to back the F up off Bishop Miners and Perfecting Church. There's thousands of us that uh, seriously disagree with them pressuring the pastor without offering to work with him like he does the other non-black developers that come in here and get that illegally issued bond money that nobody in the city of Detroit seems to know about that now totals over a a billion dollars, $1.3 billion is my estimation. I could be incorrect because I don't know the numbers and neither do, do either of you. And the fact that the city has issued, without notifying the public, a billion dollars worth of bonds on the backs and the necks of citizens, we need to know the account statements, the disbursements, wire transfers, cashier's checks, and debit card associated with that account.
1: Okay, thank you, sir. So Those much. accounts. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much.
4: Uh, Seeing no other members
1: in the audience, we'll move to virtual public comment. Uh, Good afternoon, Mr. Leonard. How many callers do we have? Uh, Again, public comment, if you'd like to participate online, please raise your hand now. Public comment going once, public comment going twice. Public comment is now closed. Mr. Leonard, how many callers do we have joining us today? Good afternoon, Mr. Chair, and good afternoon, honorable committee members. Uh, Today, we have three hands that are raised for virtual public comment. Okay, thank you for the three hands that are raised for virtual public comment. You ha- will have one minute for public comment. I ask that you state your name for the record. Who is the first caller that we have, Mr. Leonard? Mr. Chair, our first caller is Miss Carol Hughes. Ms. Hughes, you have one minute for public comment. Please state your name for the record and proceed.
0: Um, good afternoon, um, honorable body. Uh, my name is Carolyn Hughes, uh, chairperson. Your Chair hall, may I speak?
1: UA, good afternoon. If you can restart the clock really quick, uh, Mr. Leonard, to one minute.
0: Okay, I am okay. Go ahead, restart it. Okay, okay, okay um, Hughes, please proceed. Yes, um. <clears throat> Let me say if the the other meeting ended abruptly. I had a questions for the um for the authority, but um, you abruptly didn't have that second uh, public hearing. At any rate, I'm calling about uh, six dot one. I'm also in agreement with uh, mr. Uh, Carmack and uh, uh, Mr. Crowley. Uh, we need an investigation. Um he seems to have had. Uh, false charges placed against them, and that is a crime, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Uh, Six point one is um, Bellcrest Apartments, and uh, it's for units that really won't help our situation. The units are too expensive, and I, I think that uh, we have we've had enough of NEZ uh, certificates. We we need to use them uh, in a wiser way, and uh, we could put all of the money we're spending in this into the trust so that we can take care of our own people. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Hughes. Next caller, please. Mr. Chair, next caller is Karen Winston. Ms. Winston, you have one minute for public comment. Please state your name for the record and proceed.
2: Hello?
1: Yes, Ms. Winston.
2: Yes, Karen Winston here, can you hear me?
1: Yes, ma'am, good afternoon. You have one minute for public comment. Please state your name. Yeah, for the good record. afternoon. And proceed. Good afternoon.
2: Thank you. Um, In relationship to, uh, once again, that um, the last budget um, session hearing, the contract, the EDSA that I keep hearing about, I've never seen it. I doubt that anyone's ever seen it. Someone needs to take a look at it because you just cannot um, believe everything that they're telling you. And I know better. So I really, really need to take a look at that. DTE has literally illegally taken over all of our power uh, distribution equipment. It's worth billions of dollars. We can't let that go on. You, you need to really take a look at that. The other thing is um, the salvage. Now they're, they're selling it off. They're selling it off with scrap metal. Um, according to the con- uh, Constitution, as well as the city municipal manual, <laughs> they can't do it. Uh, unless the voters vote, we haven't voted. No one has voted to give it away. There's not any of theirs to give away. So I'm going to need you guys to take a look at that because Ignorance is not an excuse. Ignorance of the law doesn't excuse you of being responsible for making sure it goes right. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much, Ms. Winston. Next caller, Mr. Leonard. Mr. Chair, our final caller is Renard Monshensky. Mr. Monshensky, you have one minute for public comment. Please state your name for the record and proceed.
5: Hi, can I be heard? Um, my name is Renard Mischewski. I'm a, a calling as a resident of District 6, City of Detroit. You may. Um, okay, thank you. Um, Mr. Chair, I just uh, had an inquiry um, about the revenues uh, that are promising to come in from the uh, medical Sorry. From the recreational adult use um, cannabis, so um, I do understand it's supposed to go into three different buckets of schools, transportation, and then general funds to the municipality that's um, you know hosting these businesses. I'm wondering if there's any sort of like um, already some sort of um, revenue streams that this uh, cannabis revenue is going to be tied to. For example, um, the transportation portion of that, if some of that can be tied towards DOT funding, the DOD could have a steady stream of that so just out of curiosity how that could work out into our future budgets and also our revenue estimations as well um, to fund our city programs thank you
1: thank you very much mr mishunski i will pause this very quickly right there uh i think that's a very interesting question hopefully law department and lpd took note of that question uh, I would like to ask for a motion to draft a memo relative to that question about uh, <laughs> revenue that is generated from uh, cannabis sales here, and how they can go to uh, transportation, uh, also to uh, the law department to draft an opinion on that as well. Uh, do I have a motion, or do I have a yeah, do I have a motion uh, for LPD to draft a memorandum uh, relative to that, and then an opinion from law as well?
6: I'm going to vote for a motion, but I want to ask Mr. Corley a question after I'm done moving it. Can I do that? Uh, yes. Motion.
1: <clears throat> okay. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We'll open up for brief discussion. Uh, yes, I'm wish I make a break, Mister Chair.
6: Um, from my understanding, um, what well, uh, Mister uh explained about the cannabis tax is that it goes to the, it goes to the transportation, it goes to schools, and also goes to municipalities. That's on the state level, right? Does that also apply locally, or do we have a little bit more? leeway with how that money is spent. Because from my understanding, the money that we get locally, we have more of a say-so how we spend that money, right?
1: Mr. Chair, I, I agree with that, though, Councilman Young. It's more discretionary. More discretionary in, how more we discretionary it. in yeah. terms
6: of, okay. So so we could do potentially what he's a, what Mr. Ronshonsky is asking for from the cannabis revenue, or we could use it for something else. Yes. Right? just yep. we'll make sure. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair, for your patience. Thank
1: you, Member Vice Chair. And again, thank you for asking that question. We'll get the memo back as well as the opinion from law. And maybe we open it up for a deeper discussion. Okay, Mr. Leonard, uh, I believe we have one more caller or was that our final caller? Mr. Chair, Mr. Mashensky was our final caller. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we will now move past public comment and to our unfinished business. Line item 5.1 status of the Legislative Policy Division, submitting a report and proposed ordinance to amend Chapter 17 of the 2019 Detroit City Code, Finance by amending Article 5, Purchasing and Supplies, Division 1, Goods and Services, Subdivision B, Purchasing of City Goods and Services, Section 17 5 11, Manner of Purchasing to provide for the health, safety, and general welfare of the public we have a motion to open up line item 5.1 for discussion (coughs) motion okay uh and i believe this is a ordinance submitted by member waters uh to the law department from my understanding we had a a conversation with member waters office as well uh as law uh, and i think you're requesting a two-week uh bring back to bring this still up to form is that correct through the chair graham anderson law department that is correct Okay, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Anderson. And I know uh, LPD has already drafted the memo uh, and the report, uh, but due to the fact that we're going to bring this back to bring the ordinance up to form as well, uh, we'll discuss that uh, at the time uh, when we bring back if it is brought back. Let me not be premature. Uh, With that, though, do I have a motion to bring back line item 5.1 in two weeks? Motion. Okay, hearing no objection, line item 5.1 will be brought back in two weeks. Next, we will move to new business from the city clerk's office, City Planning Commission, line item 6.1, submitting a resolution of authorization for neighborhood enterprise zone certificate application for the rehabilitation of a 139 unit residential apartment building located at 5440 Cass Avenue the Bellcrest Apartments in the Bellcrest Neighborhood Enterprise Zone area. This has been recommended for approval by the CPC, uh, and the office of the CPC has received one application requesting the NEZ certificate for the rehabilitation of a 139-unit residential apartment building located, again, at 5440 Cass Avenue. I have a motion to open up line item 6.1 for discussion. Motion. Okay. Okay. Uh, And I believe joining us today, I see we have some of the usual suspects. Uh, We have Mr. Barr joining us, uh, and we have the developer as well as Mr. Gulak. Uh, Whoever would like to uh, proceed first, please take it away. And I'm assuming that's going to be Mr. Gulak.
7: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Good afternoon. Um, uh, Do I have permission to give a a brief uh, slideshow
1: summarizing this request? You do, sir. Uh, Please grant sharing capabilities to Mr. Gulak.
2: Okay. Well, Mr. Chair, can you see my screen okay?
1: We can. Thank you very much, Mr. Gulat.
7: Yes, before council today for consideration is the um NEZ certificate for five four four zero casts, also known as the the Belmont apartments. Uh, This is located um, near the Wayne State campus, Um, you can see Woodward to the east here it's it's, the apartments are on Cass Avenue. And it's uh, between Ferry Street to the north and Kirby to the south, this um, yellow rectangle shows the outline of the property, you can see the Detroit historical museum is just uh, kitty corner to the south and then Wayne State. um, Office buildings are to the north. And this shows the view from Cass looking northward. It's the uh, uh, Belmont Apartments. Been there a long time. It's pretty well known in the in the Wayne State uh, campus area. Uh, the council just approved this uh, NEZ for this just this site uh, back in February of 2023. I believe February first. It's a 12-story building with 139 units. It's I believe it's designated locally historic. Uh, currently, I understand 85 of the 139 units are. Occupied. So there are there are several vacant units. The proposal is to uh, create 139 uh, rental units. So it would not be a condo; it would be rental. Uh, The estimated cost per unit is about thirty-six thousand dollars. But there's extensive repairs for the building, including the roof, I believe, and and the uh, heating, electrical. But each unit would get a makeover as well. Uh, The building has a lot of units. There's about 12 studios, 105 one bedrooms. Uh, twenty two bedrooms and two three bedrooms, but most of the building is one bedroom. Uh, the developer has negotiated, I believe, with H R D, and they are willing. They're proposing to offer twenty percent of the units, which would be twenty eight units, uh, to be affordable, but no greater than the eighty percent EMI. So 20 of the, I believe the developer offered some of the existing low-income tenants, you know, to stay, obviously they could stay in the building, but 20 of those have applied for the special provisions to have the affordable units. And so um, they would get new or extended leases with those 20 would be offered if the NEZ certificate is approved. And then any additional um, low-income tenants uh, would be eligible for the remainder of the promised 20% units. This this table gives a, a there's an overview of all the different unit types and the square footage and the proposed rents. So as you can see here, there's 12 studio of the 12, three would be affordable. And then the rents are here on the far right, the 921 a month or 848. Uh, for one bedrooms, there's 125. And I mean sorry, 105. And of those 20 would be one bedroom would be affordable. here's the rents on the right, which would be twelve sixty nine or one one eight six. And now the uh twenty one two bedrooms, sixteen would be market rate, and then five would be affordable. and then here's the right rents on the right, oh, 1909 or one thousand nine hundred nine or fifteen hundred. And then there's uh uh two um three bedroom units, which I believe are more penthouse units.
4: Uh, So uh,
7: regarding accessibility, we understand part of the rehab includes fixing the elevator, which is critical for this tall of a building. Uh, The developer indicates, I think when you did the NEZ review for the district, that they're reactivating the handicap parking, which is near the front of the building, and um, they've met with two current disabled residents and They're discussing them to eliminate requested barriers and they would add different safety features like grab bars, and then the developer indicated they would offer accessibility features to any new tenants as needed. Regarding parking the site currently has 85 on site parking spaces. The developer indicates usually only about 50% of the tenants need a parking space in this part of downtown uh, part of midtown. Currently, they charge there was a proposed charge of $120 per month for new tenants, um, but the developer has committed to not increase the parking fees for existing low income residents, and that would be around $60 a month. This just shows a closer view of the building, and the, you can see the parking lot behind the building, and then there is some parking near the front off of CAS. And then you can also see this one uh, shows the driveway off of uh, CAS, and I believe they would reinstall more handicapped spaces near that front entrance so overall this is within a district and, and staff was recommended uh, approval of the certificate and i could try to answer any questions or turn it over to the developer to fill in any things i may have missed thank you
1: thank you mr gulag anything from the developer
8: uh, through the chair, it's richard Barr. uh thank you for hearing us today Uh, I apologize, my voice is coming and going, so if I am hard to hear, clearly I'll try to make it better. Uh, One thing I want to add to Mr. Gulak's uh, excellent presentation is that there is an affordable housing agreement, as you mentioned, that was entered into at the end of December with HRD. Uh, In addition to assuring the uh, availability of 20% of the units at no more than 80% of AMI rents, uh, there are special provisions negotiated and uh, requested and negotiated with HRD that limit the rent increases for the existing low-income tenants who choose to apply for them uh, and in those cases those rents will normally be well below the 80 percent number that we're used to talking about uh, so that agreement limits the amount of increases on an annual basis for each of the existing low-income tenants. Uh, I can get in more details as to the specifics of that, if you'd like, but that's over and above the normal expectation of 20% of the units at being or being at no more than 80% of the AMI rents. Um, Andrew is here as well. i mean, Andrew is happy to answer any questions about the project uh, as well as I am, but thank you again for your attention.
9: I I also wanted to add on to the report, uh, the ADA accessibility Re- features really,
1: really quick not to cut you off, please state your name for the record. Oh, I'm
9: sorry, my name is Andrew says of Holcomb development, and we're the developer on the property. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to uh, add to the report uh, that the ADA features for future tenants uh, will be done at our cost, um, which would include the addition of uh, grab bars Um, and the elimination of any thresholds or issues that they would have.
8: Uh, If I might, Mr. Chair, I appreciate your time limits today. One other important item uh, that again, makes this different than a typical project is there has been engagement with the residents of the building. There were several meetings held uh, uh, under the supervision and guidance of HRD staff. Uh, Andrew was at those meetings and There is significant engagement with a large number of the tenants to explain to them what the proposal is what the plans are and to set up a regular line of communication uh between the city the developer and the existing residents uh that's all documented in the affordable housing agreement and is being reported to and monitored by hrd throughout this process
1: okay uh is that all from the developer uh Okay, uh, so a couple questions. First, you know, I'll start off. Uh, I noticed, I, you know, obviously we're talking about the rehab of 139 units. This is a 141 structure based off of the documentation. Uh, not to get into assumptions, but I'm assuming there's no renovation of the penthouse units or what two units are not being renovated. It's just 141 units in total, but you're asking for a certificate for 139. What two are not being rehabbed?
9: I believe there's um, that there may have been the laundry room included in that calculation. And also uh, the there's two commercial spaces within the building.
1: Okay, is there a way we can believe or can we know?
9: Yeah, that that is the calculation. I apologize.
1: Okay, so we're looking at the laundry unit. And we're looking at and what was the other unit?
9: Uh, commercial space.
1: Okay, and we're not rehabbing those. Correct. Okay, and just interesting. What's in the commercial space?
9: Uh, currently, the Common Pub is in the uh, commercial space off
1: Cass Avenue. Okay, very well known. Been been over in that area before. Um, and it leads me to my next question about parking. As you know, uh, we have been asking numerous questions relative to parking, particularly as it pertains to affordability. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been saying that uh, at times <clears throat> we may have these affordable units, but then if you add uh, the cost of parking at times, it shoots it right back up to market rate, which is a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we look at parking right now, I understand that you're going to take 60 percent. Uh, I'm sorry, $60 or 50 percent, which is $60 or whatever it is, uh, or, or to have those folks who are in those affordable units now. They, they pay half. I noticed the language said existing. Affordable, uh, affordable tenants. So, will you not be offering that to new tenants who come in, who may be under that affordability uh, group or in that affordability group? Will they still have to pay full price for parking?
9: Uh, correct. Uh, the existing ones will be protected at their current rate. Um, Richard, do you recall on the, the our agreement with HRD um, regarding new low income tenants?
8: Um, I can look it up, but but the chair has a, a, a point that I understand where um, I think the council's interested in having all of the uh, tenants who are occupying an affordable unit to be able to have a reduction. Uh, and, and certainly if, if the chair has a desire, we can certainly uh, appreciate that. Um, I've heard different formulas discussed from time to time and if there's some guidance from the committee we'd certainly be happy to uh see if that can be uh, agreed to either now or before Tuesday.
1: Thank you uh and, and just to you know reiterate Mr. Barr, uh oftentimes again I know there are costs associated with parking. Uh, I think many of uh my colleagues would want uh, not just reduce, but if possible, uh, the ability for folks not to have for pay for parking, particularly any affordability. I think that's more so to push. However, we do understand that there are costs to everything as well. Uh, and so let's take a deeper dive into that. What does parking look like? I've had the opportunity to be over there in that parking lot many times, pretty tight, I must say, uh, over in that area. Uh, what does parking look like? Is this going to be, uh, are we going to have security? Are we going to have, you know, a car patrolling around? Is it gated with car access? What does that look like? What are folks getting for, their, for them paying? Is it just a spot, flat surface, or will they have the ability to have their vehicles protected?
9: So as part of the renovation, we'll be completely um, resurfacing the parking lot. It's in much needed repair. Uh, restriping, adding the handicap spaces back. We will also be gating it. Um, so each tenant who has a parking space will be able to go behind a secure gate. We are adding security lighting and security cameras to the uh, parking lot, as well as fobbed pedestrian access. And we will be numbering the spots for the tenants so they have a guaranteed um, spot. Uh, when they when they park at the property.
1: Okay, give me uh just just to reiterate, how many affordable units is this?
9: The total affordable as part of the agreement is
1: 28. 28. Okay. And what's parking for those affordable units? $60 a month. Yes, sir. Okay. So we're looking at roughly about $20,000 in parking in total that um would be paid to affordable units. If my maps correct. Sometimes not. But close to about twenty twenty grand in parking for affordable units. But I'm glad to hear that you'll have a fence, you'll have security, and, and some of those amenities. Those things matter, as opposed to folks just being on a flat surface with lines and then paying uh, a amount to parking. Uh, last but not least, we talked about the accessibility feature. I'm happy to hear that you're saying that will be on the developer's end if they have to rehab those structures. I think that's a great step forward. Shows that you guys are listening to us when we're. Uh, in this in these meetings, uh, but I want to talk, take just a deeper dive into accessibility. I know you talked about some of the corridors that exist based off of, you know, and, and again, you know, it's not just so much about being in compliance, uh, but also moving forward. Some of these buildings obviously are uh a little bit historical or or they're grandfathered in but what does that look like you know even inside the units i know you mentioned bars uh but what do the bathrooms look like uh, are there going to be renovation of the bathrooms uh that make it wheelchair accessible uh because oftentimes we talk about accessibility but uh we've got to be thinking in the terms of wheelchairs as well uh, what does that look like
9: yep so i will touch that you know as far as having a 1926 structure we're fortunate that um, all access to uh, the residential units are accessible, um, the front door to the elevator, the elevator through the hallway to the unit. Uh, we we have done meetings with uh, the two um, uh, tenants that we have with mobility issues um, and discuss improvements within their space. You know, the bathroom, uh, we are, you know, confined by the existing walls. Um, so it's not what we would do in a new build for ADA uh but they have pointed out where they would like grab bars um what would help them within the unit as far as removing thresholds um there's some old marble thresholds that cause issues um uh, for wheelchair mobility uh that will, so we will be adding those uh the grab bars and also removing um the existing thresholds and um frankly, um, accommodating any request that, that contributes to greater mobility within the units for those tenants and future tenants.
1: Okay, and thank you, this is my final question and I'll turn it over to Member Vice-Chair. Uh, when we talk about just promoting this to members of the disabled community as well, again, I, you know, I'm urging developers to take that step and kind of create that accessibility in advance. Oftentimes there may, may be folks who have uh, family members that live in those structures and say, hey, uh, I'm not going to even apply here because I know it's not something that I want to see, even though they may fix it down the line. Uh, what are we looking at relative to just that promotion and ensuring that we let everybody know that this is accessible uh, to members of our disabled community?
9: Sure. So uh, we're working with a property manager within the city. Um, all of our marketing, marketing material can have ada language on it i have no issue with that and i'd actually be happy to include it
1: okay thank you very much uh member vice chair any questions chair recognizes vice chair young Did you,
6: you you asked most of them. i got a couple of them left but thank you mr chair appreciate hard following you um thank you everybody for uh being here appreciate you i just wanted to ask just two quick questions and i'm done one i am noticed that it's 80 ami so i'm thinking that's about on average. I know it could go below that. I just want to know who are you trying to attract with this? Are you trying to attract working people in this? Are you trying to attract, you know, um, upward professionals? Who do you picture actually living in this building?
9: Uh, Yeah, I like that question. Uh, I did want to reiterate that this is by no means a luxury development. Uh, We're a workforce housing developer. Uh, We enjoy, uh, you know, a, a a great mix of tenants, young professionals, nurses, um, uh, food service professionals, people like that is our um, target tenant base. Uh, We have um, some graduate students, but um, in general it's workforce housing. So uh,
6: typically around the naturally 80% AMI um, income range. Okay, so so basically you're talking about people who are working, might be students who, you know, maybe work two or three jobs or something of that nature. Basically, the gist, based on that location, is what you're talking about, who you have living in that area, right? I um, get that? I believe. Okay. So, and then secondly, I just wanted to ask this question about um, uh, security and safety. Uh, would you be open to working with the city at all in terms of green light programs or anything of that nature to just ensure safety and security around that area for your residents?
2: So
9: um, we, we hadn't planned on uh, implementing the green light, uh, the uh, green light program on this property, but I have uh, been speaking to the Wayne State Police um, just about accessibility uh, to the uh building and our camera system that we will be installing um and we're we're happy that um, they're very um present uh near our building um so we engaged in that conversation with them as far as security uh we take security very seriously for our tenants um,
6: so. no, I agree because I know there's been a lot of concerns that I have um especially when I go to visit the Senior Citizen Buildings, a lot a lot of people who get their Cadillac converters on their, or catalytic, excuse me, Cadillac, catalytic converters on their cars, uh, fraud and slip, uh, stolen off their vehicles. And so I think that this would be kind of a good way to kind of, you know, um, assuage that fear a little bit. And I also just wanted to ask you, do you see this at all as a place for senior citizens to be able to live particularly? And uh, do you have, you know, amenities to try to make it easier for people who are, who are seniors to be able to live in this building or is that not what you vision?
9: Um, we're certainly not opposed to senior citizens. I believe um, we have a, a wide variety of age groups um, existing within the building right now. Um, we think that it it is an uh, open space for senior citizens to live. And it's a, as far as existing buildings go, it's uh, fairly accessible for senior citizens.
1: that's it thank you very much thank you Mister chair i'm done thank you thank you member vice chair great questions uh and just uh, i'm glad uh just to know i'm glad you're having conversations with uh wayne state police uh chief holt over there is doing an amazing job uh and keeping that area safe and so uh, glad to hear that you guys are having those conversations as well Uh, again thank you for your presentation uh, with that, um, Vice Chair, do I have a motion to send line item 6.1 to formal with the recommendation to approve? Motion. Okay. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.1 will be sent to formal with the recommendation to approve. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh today thank you. And thank you for your presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Next, we'll move to miscellaneous. Line item 6.2. Status of Council President Mary Sheffield submitting a memorandum relative to request for fiscal impact report on property tax reform ordinance. Do you have a motion to open up line item 6.2? Motion. Okay. Uh, from my understanding, we have spoken with Council President's office as well, uh, and they are requesting a three-week bring back uh, for this. But first, I would like to make a motion to have line item 6.2 assigned to LPD for uh, And, Mr. Corley, you would like to chime in? Should we assign this to uh, the OCFO?
6: That that is correct, Mr. Chair. It's already assigned to to them.
1: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so this is already assigned to the OCFO uh, from what Mr. Corley is telling us, so we don't have to make a motion for that. That's a great thing. Uh, So do we have a motion to bring back line item 6.2 in three weeks? Motion. Okay. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Next, moving to line item 6.3. Uh, Status of Council Member Angela Whitfield Calloway submitting a memorandum relative to request for a resolution supporting the repeal of public act. 436 of 2012 Detroit city council member Angela Whitfield Calloway requests that the city council legislative policy division draft a resolution supporting the repeal of Michigan public act 436 of 2012 concerning emergency managers and draft a memorandum explaining the impact of the current statute, the impact of the proposed elimination of PA 436 of 2012. Uh, Do I have a motion to open up line item 6.3 for discussion motion. Okay. Uh, To Mr. Corley. Uh, we have to assign this to you now, I guess. It has already been assigned through the memo. It has, yes, Mr. Chair, and uh, my colleague, uh, Mr. Keller, is here from the LPD. Okay. I think drafted the resolution. Okay, and the resolution has already been drafted.
10: Yeah, Attorney Keller, LPD. Uh, yes, the resolution has already been submitted to East scribe
1: okay. okay. All right. Uh, and I don't know if I motion to open that up for discussion. I believe I did. If not, uh, there's a motion to open it up again for discussion. Uh, Dr. Powers.
2: Um, I was confused um, by Mr. Corley's response. Um, there may have been a memo sent, but technically there has to be a motion to give LPD any assignment. And I wasn't clear as to whether or not there had been a motion. And if not, there should at least be a motion, even though the resolution has been or the report has been written. Just an FYI.
1: To you, Dr. Powers, That's, I was kind of thinking the same thing, uh, which is why it appears under miscellaneous. Uh, but let's just cover our tracks just in case. You have a motion to send line item 6.3 uh, and assign it to LPD. Motion. Okay. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Uh, and Mr. Corley, I don't Thank know you. if you were prepared to uh, speak on that today or uh, uh, in regards to this resolution, just very briefly explaining what it did or... Or uh, if you guys are ready to go. Uh, yeah, so there's currently your microphone, please uh, Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you better. Uh,
10: there's currently a, a bill in the House, uh, the Michigan House, to repeal the uh, Public Act 436 of 2012, which was the emergency manager uh, legislation that led to the takeover of, um, I believe, 10 cities at the time. 11 cities over the last um, several decades. Um, I don't know if there's any, any specific questions you have about it.
1: Well, I, I would first say I know uh, myself and, and Member Vice Chair are very familiar with that. We have co-sponsored cult, legislation to repeal it. Uh, first question I will have, uh, though, is what is the current House bill number? I know that's reflected in the resolution, but just for transparency of, for the public, what is the current House bill number? Uh, Or Senate bill, but I'm assuming it's in. It is
10: House Bill uh, 4065 of 2023.
1: Okay, 4065 House Bill 4065 of 2023. Uh, Chair, recognizes Vice Chair Young.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I just want. First of all, I just wanted to say, um, I I I I don't have a problem with the resolution, but I do would want to advise uh, Member Callaway that she also talks to you. We were talking about putting together plans for the state. I know you've shown great leadership on this issue, and this should be one of the topics that we should have when we go visit our uh, state counterparts in the legislature. I think that would be really well, you know, to kind of coincide with this resolution. Um, but my, my my question about this more relates to the fact that, it, I don't know if they, they made this clear. Maybe i need to ask somebody else, but is this a repeal And a replace. So are we repealing it and we're going back to like the original um, version uh, or the version we had before of uh, emergency management, which is more collaborative? Um, Or or is this just a repeal just outright? We're just repealing this and there's no replacement and emergency management is done. I just want to know what this was.
10: Uh, the the bill, as as introduced in the House, simply repeals the previous act. Okay. Um, at that point, uh, I am not sure if the intention is to return to the previous right. emergency manager legislation, or or to draft uh, new legislation.
6: Because that's how I remembered it last time. Now, may, you know, maybe it's different because it's been so long. But I remember when it was repealed on the state level and they were telling me that it's going to go at that time. It was public act 72. So we're going to go back to public act 72. And then they did this really terrible sequence where they passed another legislation right after they voted down, which I thought was just horrendous, but kind of having a flashback here, but um, I just want to know is, is, is that the intent Is it just to, because it just kind of seems to me that they just want to repeal it outright. I just want to know, do we just automatically go back to Public Act 72? Or is it, or is we just wiping it all out? Because I don't see a whole lot of scalpel in this. This just seems more like we're just dropping a bomb and walking away from it.
10: From what I recall, also, when the referendum happened, the the statute did revert. To the previous statute um, but i would have to look into um to give you a better answer you know okay. what the intent is of the legislature in this situation right and he was
6: repealed i forgot to say when he was repealed it Was repealed by the state by by the citizens of the state by referendum i want to make sure i make that clear correct yeah okay that that's all the questions i have thank you mr chair thank you so much i appreciate you
1: and member vice chair i don't know uh because i let me say first i think you raised an excellent point um you know, when we're looking at Public Act 436, again, came after Public Act 72. Right. Uh, so, if we, you know, even with this resolution to get into the nuts and bolts, is this just for a real repeal of 436 or do does it need to go forward? Because if it goes back to the previous statute, was just Public Act 72 by default, uh, are we looking that we may need, uh, at least from this standpoint, we can't repeal it. But do we need to add to the resolution that maybe that needs to be repealed as well? Uh, so I think that's a very good question. I'd like to have a memo uh, drafted on that, and maybe an opinion from law that if indeed uh, this is repealed, uh, what 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 action uh, shall be that would would be need to be taken with the intent uh, of that repeal legislation to ensure that Public Act Seventy Two doesn't kick back in, and furthermore. Uh, should we reflect it in this resolution as well, from the you know, with the intent uh, from the sponsor? I believe the sponsor obviously has great intent uh, for this, and, and which I'm agreeable to, uh, but want to ensure that you know we catch it all in one, uh, so to speak. So uh, I do have a motion to draft that memo and get a brief opinion. I don't want to put too much on the law department, but a, a brief opinion uh, of that relative to F- Public Act 436 and Public Act 72. Uh, in conjunction with this resolution as submitted by Member Calloway. Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Uh, With that, uh, again, we have already assigned this to LPD. Uh, This is just a memo. Uh, From my understanding, again, it's already drafted, but we are already putting it in to get a response from those further questions. Uh, And do I have a motion to receive and file line item 6.3? Motion. Okay. Hearing no objection, line item six point three will be received and put on file. That takes us to the end of our agenda. We will move to member reports. Member Vice Chair, negative member report. Thank you, Member Vice Chair. I have a negative report uh, as well. Again, for the public to note, uh, we will be going into our two p.m. Uh, budget hearings that will resume uh, with the committee in the committee of the whole with our full expanded budget committee again that is 2 p.m which is literally in 10 minutes please stick around uh and join us for that uh with that do i have a motion to adjourn today's meeting
2: motion okay hearing no objection we will stand adjourned at the call of the chair